Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joy Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us all across the country. Grab your pets. Bring them around the radio. Write this number down. It's a toll-free number to connect with any one of the Dream Team. Toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. On the other end of that phone, uh, Judy, she's screening calls for Dr. Debbie, dog trainer Alan Cable, and dog father Joey Villani. Uh, Tammy, working hard in the newsroom. Well, this is pretty cool. If your pet gets lost... The answer to finding it might be as close as your smartphone. Ooh, I like There's that. There's now an app for this. We'll find out more. I'm going to stick around just for that one right there. I have one of those cats that escapes every once in a while. Uh-oh. Right might be... between your legs as soon as that door opens. Yeah, he does. They're good at this. They, yeah, I can't wait. Joey Volani, what do you got? We're going to talk about coloring your dog. Coloring your dog like... Uh, coloring your dog back to natural color. I knew you were going to ask me. Well, if it has gray hair, are you talking about... Well, yeah. color is color is color. You know, I mean, women go get their hair colored. Um, you know, we don't ask back to natural. We just get color. Yeah. So it's the same same, same thing with your pet. Um, either if you want to you want to go a wild color, if you can, or if you just want to go back to natural. Mm. I like natural, personally. Is your hair natural? Is your dog's hair... Is Miles' hair natural? Is that no, his natural that color? Oh, I shouldn't ask that. if your dog's hair no. is the natural color. I'm so sorry. You know, so but, 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 I'll, but I'll answer. No, there's some. There's definitely some touch-up on it, as well as mine, I should say. Um, there's a little touch-up going on, too. I have a little gray in my beard here, and Judy likes it, but I, like I keep it. telling her I want to get it out of nah, here. What do you think, no, Joey? No. Can you take care of my hair? No, don't, Joey. Yes, yeah, no problem. You see, What color do you want, it, Judy? <laughs> this is purple. You're going to make it purple. I'm going yes, to have a that's right. purple you have to right. Leave it as it is or make it purple. Uh, what do you got uh, planned, Leader Judy? I understand Dan Raskin, Dr. Dan Raskin, will be joining us. Yes, and you know, you've probably heard that saying about you can't fool Mother Nature. Uh-huh. Well, she can fool us. We think she's wonderful, but you know what? She's trying to kill us. She's trying to kill us. She's dangerous, she's disgusting, and she is trying to kill us i'm i'm frightened i you should be I'm terrible sh- shaking in my mucklucks right now <laughs> why am i wearing mucklucks in california that's, that's a good question. silly in the middle of summer yes <laughs> well, what's a mucklucks show me they're a mucklucks think of alaska boots here and they're Ooh. great for walking through snow and such yeah you need them Perfect. in alaska I don't you know. need them in case it snows you're ready hi michelle hi where are you calling from today I am calling from Templeton, California. Oh, you're just a neighbor right down the street, probably listening on KVEC, I imagine. Yes, sir. Well, tell us what's going on. Well, I have a Dachshund Yorkie breed. He's six years old. And last year, we had another dog pass away. And ever since then, um, Hurley, who is my dog, has been having accidents Um all the time, but we don't ever catch him doing it, so I can't catch him in the act to discipline him, but I know he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, you know he's doing it. The husband's not doing it. <laughs> For sure, yeah. You know, this kind of thing is so hard to figure out, and I'm so glad you called because, you know, one of the biggest reasons why dogs get put to sleep, go go to death row, is because people can't figure out how to stop them from having accidents in the house, so people get frustrated and and the first thing I know Dr. Debbie would say is you got to make sure there's nothing physically wrong with your dog. You take him to the vet first, and you make sure that everything physically is working fine and okay. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is <coughs> you lost a dog, and your dog lost a dog too. And I would I would bet that the other dog was kind of kind of his leader. Was he the leader? Well, um, well, we had Hurley first, 
so unless he decided to be very, um, or let Riley be dominant, I would guess not. So Hurley had been in the house for a couple years before we got the other dog. But did you, and Hurley's the dog you're talking about that has the accidents, right? Yes. So the other dog wasn't the dog that Hurley followed around and kind of just, you know, he wasn't the leader? Which one was the leader? Um, I, you know, it's hard to say because they were... It's hard to say. Okay. It's hard to say. Hurley's so much smaller, he kind of does look like he tags along. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So this is a good say. point. This is a really good point you bring up because whenever you have a dog, your big job is to be a great leader and a great teacher. A great leader and a great teacher. And to do that, you have to really be a great observer of your dog and observe... Uh, all the messages that dogs send you because they can't talk. So with a dog that reverts back to having accidents in the house, there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. But the biggest reason, a, a huge reason why it happens, is because when a dog dies, the person themselves, they're grieving. They're grieving a lot. And a, a dog that is kind of a, a follower or a weak dog, uh -huh. uh, when you grieve, the dog grieves too, but when you grieve, the dog kind of has nobody to look to for leadership and makes them anxious and excited. And the other thing people need to understand is that when a dog has an accident, you know, a lot of people will put their dog's nose in it and yell at the dog and punish the dog. And like you said, unless you catch a dog in the act, it does absolutely no good. What happens is the dog forms an association to you and uh, urine. So the dog learns that whenever you're around, and whenever urine's around, he's going to get punished. So he'll look to hide from you and pee in places where you're, you're not. He doesn't associate the fact that he's doing it with, you know, he's doing something wrong. He just associates you with punishment. And let's right. face it, who hasn't had to go to the bathroom really bad? And how good does it feel when you pee? So whenever a dog pees, he's getting immediate satisfaction. He's getting a reward. So he does not associate you and the P with I'm doing something wrong, he associates your presence and the presence of urine with I'm going to get punished. So he'll try to hide from you and continue peeing in the house. So the only way to really stop it is you've got to start from zero again and potty train your dog and teach your dog from the start where it's okay to go to the bathroom. You have to monitor your dog, have a leash on him, have him attached to you, and take him out every two hours regularly. And I know it's a lot of work, it's a pain in the neck, but what's more painful? You know, replacing your carpets and your furniture or teaching your dog you know, how to go to the bathroom and where you want him to go to the bathroom and what surface you want him to go to the bathroom again. And the fact that you want him to go to the bathroom only when there's a sky, not a okay. roof. And mm -hmm. that's going to take you. And, and do you have a crate? Do you ever crate your dog? Uh, we have never crate trained him because we got him when he was over a year old and had never been crate trained. And so, yeah, so that's. Um, that also is going to be a huge problem for you because if you don't have a crate, then your dog will not be able, you'll not be able to monitor your dog 24-7. So when you're sleeping, he probably will, unless you wake up every two hours and have him contained in a certain area, he will go and pee in your house again. So mm -hmm. you're going to have to get a crate, and believe me, it's not hard to teach a dog to love a crate. A lot of them will just go in there all by themselves. If he's fearful and he hates the crate, you just leave the door open and put his food in there, and you put treats in there until he starts going there on, in there on his own. And then, then you try closing the door, and if he gets all panicky, you open the door uh, you know, again. And then if your dog whines a lot or starts barking and starts howling, you know, a lot of people can't handle that. So <laughs> they give in, and they let the dog out of the crate immediately and that, too, will make it much more difficult for you. But without a crate or a container, you know, you could have a pen as well. You could get, like, a fence and, and have a pen in your kitchen 
and okay. uh, keep them in there if the crate bothers you. But you want to teach them that going outside. See, when a, when a dog is a puppy, if he's brought up in a place that's all cement, he's going to be comfortable going to the bathroom on cement. If he's brought up in a place outside that's grass, he's going to be comfortable going on a place that's all grass. So that, too, you have to take into consideration. They get used to certain surfaces, and they get used to being outside or inside. But when a dog dies... It's very common for them to revert. Sometimes they're marking the old dog's territory, and you have to use an enzyme cleaner and get all that smell out of the old dog. And other times they're just very insecure and freaked out because you are too, and they just revert back to doing what it is they did when they were puppies, and you have to start from zero, which is what you're probably going to have to do. Hey, Michelle, can I ask you something? Is yeah. your is your dog um, kind of high-strung or kind of yeah. mellow? or? No, he's very tight. He's a very and a very anxious dog. He, uh-huh. um, we have had to actually give him like a medication on Fourth of July to kind of okay. put him to sleep because, or not to let him sleep because he gets very anxious and works oh, up and. Um, okay. Can I give yeah. you an idea, Michelle? And, and that's yeah. common too. I help people with the fireworks and I help people with thunder. The next time, the next time you know there's going to be fireworks or you know there's going to be a thunderstorm, take your dog outside on a leash and just stand there. Don't talk to him. Don't look at him. Just stand there. Take deep breaths. Feel calm. Feel secure. Feel confident. And take him on a fun walk every time there's a thunderstorm. And change over time the association from fear to pleasure. And that's something that people don't uh, understand either is that, you know, with anxious dogs, you may not be able to change the association. They may always be freaked out when there's thunder and lightning, but you can diminish it. You can lessen it just by having a good time in the very uh, environment where the dog is terrified. So if you know there's going to be thunder and lightning and you take your dog on a fun walk and just don't talk to him, just have a fun walk he's going to start to associate thunder and lightning with fun walks. And I have two products that I want to mention, Michelle, that I do think, especially when we have a fearful dog that we're dealing with issues, Mm -hmm. um, they're natural type things that can really make a difference as you're doing some of these things that Alan's talking about with trainability. So there are behavioral medicines that we look at, you know, anti-anxiety medicines. But without those, there's still some good things. And one is a product that's actually an amino acid called L-theanine. And it can, I, I actually prescribe this for dogs and cats that have anxiety problems, behavioral problems, and it's something to try for those lower level kind of anxieties. So we don't have to necessarily pull out the Prozac. You can mm-hmm. supplement this and it can actually help um, kind of naturally um, make these dogs calmer and more adaptable to their situations. And it's given as a little chewable. Um, the other Michelle, thing is dog I'm pheromones. Sorry, and those are in collars, those are in sprays, or in little plugins, but those are also kind of natural remedies that can go along to kind of complement some of the training tools that you might do. And it might help him, especially during this emotional and stressful time he's going through. Yeah. Hey, Michelle, okay. I want to give you one more tip, one more okay. tip that you probably never thought about, and it's good for everybody else listening, too, is that uh, normally when you have an anxious dog and a fearful dog, the tendency of humans is to give the dog more affection. You know, whenever he gets scared, you're like, you pick him up and you pet him more. And actually, you should do the opposite, because what you're doing is reinforcing the fearful behavior. So when your dog's all anxious and freaked out, you feel sorry for him and you want to pick him up and you want to comfort him and you want to give him more love give him love when he's laying there all calm that's when you pet him he's just laying there he's relaxed he's mellow that's when you go over and pet him and say good dog when he's fearful and freaked out 
Double check yourself. Be calm. Be confident. Be a leader. And just show your dog there's nothing to be afraid of. Take him for a walk. Put him on a leash. But don't give him affection when he's freaking out. Okay, that's good to know. Hopefully that'll help you there, Michelle. Thanks for your call today. Thank you. And if you need a follow-up, we do those free of charge. Toll free to the Dream Team, 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio is underwritten by Natural Balance Pet Foods, the finest food and treats you can buy for your pet. No matter which formula of Natural Balance Pet Food or solution-oriented treat you choose, it will truly be the food for a lifetime and a treat to treat them right. Visit naturalbalanceinc.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Jimmy Van Patten, and I'm here to talk to you about our solution-oriented treats for cats and dogs. Natural Balance Pet Foods offers several nutritious treat formulas with tasty solutions for pets. Our treats feature unique ingredients like venison, duck, and salmon, accented with cranberries and pumpkin, and offer grain-free options. At Natural Balance, our philosophy is to provide pets and their owners the food for a lifetime. Natural Balance treats truly treat them right. For more information, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. When you had to write a paper on Abraham Lincoln, you didn't write it the night before it was due. You wrote it on the way to school that morning. And sure, it had bus handwriting, but you had one heck of a weekend. Deadlines have never scared you. They're dead. What can they do? And now you've only got a few days left to do your taxes, and you're not even breaking a sweat. Because you know you can get on TurboTax whenever you want, answer a few questions about your year, and finish your taxes at the exact minute you planned. The last minute. Intuit TurboTax. It's amazing what you're capable of. Geico presents Fan Mail to a Pig. Dear Maxwell, first off, I really enjoy your commercials about Geico's app. I watch them over and over and over. They make me both laugh and very hungry. Weird. Anyway, I just want to let you know how Geico's new claim status updates on the app really blow me away. Getting those updates makes me think of you. I'd like to thank you in person. Just send me your address. All the best, Big Bad W. Sure thing, Big Bad W. I got a pen. It's 802, not going to happen lane. Claim status updates, just a tap away on the Geico app. What's the best way to bring people together? T-shirts! T-shirts. Custom T-shirts that you design online with custom ink. Custom Ink has created over 30 million shirts for families, teams, reunions, church groups, cheerleaders, companies big and small. On-time delivery is guaranteed, and we'll even ship your order absolutely free. Start designing your Custom Ink t-shirts today and see why 99% of our customers say they would order from us again. Visit CustomInc.com. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just got off the phone with Lisa, and she told me that she'd got a brand new Shih Tzu. And she knew that Dr. Debbie put together a book, a Kindle book that you can see that uh, it's like an owner's manual or a guardian's <laughs> manual. For Shih Tzus, and as well as Pugs and Mini Schnauzers and Yorkshire Terriers, it's called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And we have links over at AnimalRadio.com, or you can just head on over to Amazon.com and put in Dr. Debbie's name, and you'll find her. She is a good writer. You know, I often ask myself, what the heck is she doing with Animal Radio? <laughs> um, what, what's going on down there at the office, Dr. Debbie? 
Oh, gosh, all sorts of things. You know, we're still doing a lot of dentistries. Um, just this time of the year, it's a very popular thing. But I do have a maybe important lesson that I'd like to share with our listeners because uh-huh. we recently had a patient come in for a dental cleaning that was four years old and seemingly good health. And... Um, uh, the pet owner, at that point, we give the option to do blood work for a young dog. Older dogs, we require it. We opted, she opted not to do the lab work. And then several days later, it came out that, you know, actually the dog was having some troubles eating before she had the dental cleaning. And we discovered by doing blood work after the fact that she has a pretty serious disease called Addison's disease. Oh, wow. Would you have done the dental work if you knew that prior? Heck no. Okay. Heck no. And one of the big reasons is that Addison's disease is a disease with the um, adrenal glands, and it affects the body's cortisol. So animals with that don't handle stress really well. So putting an animal under anesthesia that has a stress-related problem, wow, that that could be really life-threatening. So fortunately, doggy's doing better, getting the right treatment. But, you know, this dog was four years old. So that would be my, my lesson learned for pet owners. If your pet is healthy, that does not mean you don't do blood work. That's the reason you should get that reassurance that everything is good before you go into it. And plus, you need a, what, a baseline anyway to tell yeah. later on. So you need to... <laughs> Very true. Deja vu. I I know you've talked about this before. I guess a lot of people actually don't uh, do the blood work when the the doctor asks them to do that. And, you know, it it does cost a little bit of money. I understand that. But, boy, it can reveal so much information, I'm sure. Yeah. And, you know, I had one one person say, well, why don't you just make it mandatory? You know, that would be a great plan if um, the economics of the area would allow it. And I think that would be a super move if any time you put an animal under it. You had to do blood work, just like with people. You don't go and have a, uh, a leg surgery and say, I, nah, I don't want that blood work. <laughs> they would send you kicking on the road. Yeah, that would be crazy. Let's hit the phones for Dr. Debbie. We have Laura on the phone. Hi, Laura. Hello. What's Hi. going on? Tell us your problems. Um, <laughs> My problems. Um, I had um, talked to you guys, I think, about a month or so ago about my cat. Uh, it's a, what is it? Tailless and troubled. She's a Manx cat with urinary incontinence. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. Dr. Debbie addressed the issue, and I couldn't hear you guys on the phone. But um, I went ahead and told you my question, and then you Well, t- tell us it. again. Just remind us one more yeah. time, if you will. Okay, she's a Simric Manx female, uh, 11 years old. Uh, I had her spayed before she ever went into heat. Uh, she uh, did, uh, we've already addressed the megacolon issue, which showed up later in life. I think she had it her whole life, but I just didn't realize it. Um, but we took care of the megacolon uh, with diet, and I give her uh, Miralax. Okay. And, and, um, and then after one of her enemas, she started with this urinary incontinence. Um, I called the one the vet and he told me, Oh, she's just being lazy. Um, mm. and I said and so I've been to like four or five different vets. She's been on the Santa Call, PPA, 
all sorts of med- different medications. Yeah. So some of, I think, what we, we have to kind of set the stage for is the type of disorder that we see in cats that have, um, the Minx cats in particular, where they have this uh, we call sacrocaudal dysgenesis. So they have a failure for this lower spine to really develop normally. So they are prone to problems with um, mobility issues where they can be kind of sloppy in the back end, um, where they don't walk real clearly. Um, we can have urination and defecation incontinence. Um, so there are some things, and it sounds like you've certainly tried a good amount of things. The, the things that that has to be said, though, is because this is often a neurologic-based problem, we have some limited ability to help with medications. Because um, if the nerves aren't functioning well, we can ask the muscles to do what they're supposed to do, but there's not a adequate communication. So that is part of the challenge that we have with kitties that have this kind of problem. And it's not unlike, you know, bulldogs who have a similar problem because they're born with these little tail type issues as well. Um, so you had mentioned, and before we get into praises, and you had mentioned you'd already been on a couple different urinary medications. And I heard, uh, I heard you say PPA, which is actually a continence medicine. And you had said bethanicol you had tried as well. What praisesin does is it decreases resistance. So what can happen is sometimes the bladder can empty normally, but there's a lot of kind of a tone or actually the sphincter actually kind of closes off. So it doesn't matter how well the bladder wants to um, contract to eliminate the urine, if it's too tight in the neck of the bladder, it just urine has a hard time going through, so there's a lot of pressure to go through. So praesisin helps to relax the urethral sphincter in that way. And many animals will use a combination of both of these drugs, um, depending on what we feel is going on. And that may be where your veterinarian has recommended going to the specialist, because to do some of these urine pressure studies, you know, we really have to use some, you know, further testing. I'll be honest, you know, it sounds like you've done a lot, and it is a battle with these guys to really try to keep them comfortable, clean, and, um, you know, from having the secondary problems with infections and urine scald. They are definitely special needs, these kitties that have that. So it is kind of an undertaking to to be able to manage and care for their needs, just like a, a, you know, a human that has those kind of handicaps. And that, of course, makes you a very special person, Laura. I hope finding out that medicine helps you. Keep in touch with us and let us know if you still have any... I will. Would you please spell the... Spell it? Sure. P-R-A-Z-O-S-I-N. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Come on, sweetie. Jump to Dad. I'm not sure, Daddy. The water's cool. There are moments in life that cause us to hesitate. Jump right here. Uh, okay. Here I come. I got you. Good job. I did it. That was fun. But once we take action, we're really glad that we did. If you're thinking about selling your home, don't hesitate. Interest rates are low and buyers are in the market. Every market's different. Call a Realtor today and visit Realtor.com. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. When you had to write a paper on Abraham Lincoln, you didn't write it the night before it was due. You wrote it on the way to school that morning. And sure, it had bus handwriting, but you had one heck of a weekend. Deadlines have never scared you. They're dead. What can they do? And now you've only got a few days left to do your taxes, and you're not even breaking a sweat. Because you know you can get on TurboTax whenever you want, answer a few questions about your year, and finish your taxes at the exact minute you planned. The last minute. Intuit TurboTax. It's amazing what you're capable of. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Hot flashes, sleeplessness, irritability. How about low libido or weight gain? 
If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it can be practically impossible to get relief from these problems. But you're in luck because Ambrin can help you balance hormones and relieve your hot flashes, sleeplessness, irritability, and other symptoms of menopause. And now you can finally lose weight. Yes, even that stubborn body fat with Ambrin Weight Loss, a powerful new product that will help you get the results you want. So you can finally lose the weight and all those other awful menopause symptoms. Call now and ask how you can get your free sample of Ambrin Weight Loss. Just call 1-800-245-9551. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Call Ambrin right now, 1-800-245-9551. That's 1-800-245-9551. 1-800-245-9551. Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo, and help could be on the way if you're allergic to cats. The second phase of clinical trials for a new vaccine is done, and the results are very promising. The third phase is now underway. Now, if this works, the vaccine could be on the market within two years. If it is, you'll take four doses over a 12-week period, and it can reportedly keep your cat allergies at bay for as long as two years. And they're also working on an annual booster to keep it going. The new vaccine was developed at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Well, spring is in the air, and that brings with it warnings from the ASPCA about plants and flowers that are beautiful, but they could be dangerous to your pets. Calla lilies, daffodils, and geraniums are toxic to both dogs and cats. Gardenia and oleander are harmful to dogs, cats, and horses. Regular lilies can cause kidney failure in cats. And this warning doesn't just cover your animal eating a part of the plant, but in some cases the pollen can be as dangerous as well. The makers of Blue Brand Pet Food Products is being asked to change its advertising to stop making negative comments about other pet food makers. The company says it will appeal that recommendation by the National Advertising Division. The claim was made by Hills Pet Nutrition, the maker of Science Diet Foods, over ads that were shown on TV, the Internet, in print, and on mobile advertising. Hills claims that the ads convey the falsely disparaging and inflammatory message that, quote, big-name pet food makers, including Hills, are actively trying to conceal the fact that they include chicken byproduct meal instead of meat as the first ingredient. The NAD says it's okay for a company to tell consumers what is in their pet food, but can't make unsupported claims that those products are less healthy, less safe, or nutritionally inferior. If you're trying to find a lost pet, Yep, there's now an app for that. It's called PIP, and that means it's short for Positive Identification of a Pet. And it works like an Amber Alert. It sends a missing pet notification to veterinarians and rescue agencies in your area where the pet's been lost. You upload a photo of your missing pet to PIP, and the app uses facial recognition to look for matches on wow. websites that feature found animals, really like shelters. Yep. So you don't have to go through all the different shelter websites. PIP is free to download on iPhones, but you do pay an annual fee to register your pet. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. 
Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. Fido Friendly is the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each issue includes hotel and destination reviews along with health and wellness topics, dog training tips, and the latest fashion trends. Pick up a copy at Barnes & Noble, Hastings, or go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Fido Friendly is the only magazine dedicated to the travel and lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Everyone, we're going to need volunteers to work this weekend. Man, this scout bitch is killing me. Thanks for volunteering, Mark. And let him be an example for the rest of you. Oh, uh, no, I wasn't... uh, It's time for new Selsun Blue Scalp Itch Treatment. It works at the source with the number one anti-itch medicine, hydrocortisone, plus soothing aloe for fast relief. New Selsun Blue Scalp Itch. Science for your scalp. Use as directed. I'm Beth Stern on Animal Radio and adopt from your local shelter. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. I'm telling you, Tammy, if you just get a couple of sheep that you could probably, I don't know, you probably have a lawn that could be, Randy wouldn't oh, have to know. mow the lawn anymore or anything like that. I know. I've, I've been saying we should get some goats. I, I love goats. And down here in Southern California, I guess they have them all over now. There are companies that actually rent out goats to go and clear brush out of areas. Yeah, they do great weed control. Yeah. Let, yeah, let me I ask know. a question. Do yeah. they do they pick up behind the goat, too? <laughs> I don't think that's Actually, called fertilizer. I think that's good fertilizer. Yeah, that's, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. You know who, Wouldn't that be a cool thing? You get to have this herd of these really neat goats and send them out to go do work, and you get the check. And, in fact, really? we have on the phone someone who's using sheep. Sarah Con bennett is on the phone. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Hi. Good. So you're part of a family-owned vineyard in uh, California, Northern California, the Navarro Vineyards? Yeah. Yeah, we're in Anderson Valley in Mendocino County. I've heard of the wine. It's good wine. Yes, thank you. So you're using sheep up there, aren't you? Yeah, we we, we actually have a herd of 300 sheep that we graze throughout our vineyards and then on our rangelands as well. Um, our whole ranch is about 1,000 acres, but we have 100 acres of vineyards that we put them in during well, wow. so what, the year. What kind of work do they do? Um, well, we actually have 150 of them are uh, baby doll south down sheep, which are little... Uh, they're not technically miniatures, but they're shoulder, shorter at the shoulder um, than a standard breed sheep. And they tend to be really chubby little guys, so they, by the time they're two, they generally don't climb the vines. Um, so you can actually put them into um, many vineyards over the years have used full-size sheep that you can go in and graze during the dormant months. 
um, when there's not great leaves and fruit out there. Um, but with these short little guys, you can put them actually in there during the growing season. Um, and they actually love to uh, eat the grape leaves that are on the bottoms of the vines, which we traditionally would go in and hand remove. But they're too short to reach the grapes, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. How yeah, tall do they, they get, actually? Uh, they're 24 inches. Technically, they're 24 inches of the shoulder or shorter. Wow. Um, wow that's cute. That's cute. <laughs> you know, this is kind of like technology in reverse. Wasn't this hundreds of years ago they used sheep, and then we went to switch to all this equipment, and now it seems like it's kind of reversing back to the original animals. Mm. Yeah, my parents stopped using synthetic herbicides and pesticides back in the... 70, 79 and 80, and uh, when I came home from college, they were basically, you know, one of the disadvantages of organic production is that you have to go through it, and then you're using a lot more fossil fuel to mow your in your rows and deal with the vegetation between the vine rows. Um, so we started implementing sheep just to reduce our total uh, gasoline use, our diesel use. And I bet you've noticed quite a difference. Now, what do you do with uh, all the poo? Does that become... Uh I'm sorry, manure. Does that become fertilizer? <laughs> Everybody looks at me when I. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. No, it's great for the great for the vineyard. The vineyard vines love it, and, um, and it actually their urine contains more nitrogen than their poo actually does. But they they both help the vines greatly. Really? So it's just a win-win all around, isn't it? How many of these uh, little guys do you have there? Uh, we have 150 of the baby doll southdowns, and then we also have some full-size sheep, just because they do eat a little bit more and. Uh, we have quite a bit of rangeland, so we do a lot of fire prevention with the other sheep grazing our hillside. Um, um, so yeah. yeah, go ahead. So are you seeing other vineyards following your lead? Um, yeah, it's definitely um, becoming more popular with the organic vineyards. Uh, it's, you know, it's a lot of work. I mean, there's a lot of vineyard managers that unfortunately get thrown into it. Oh, let's put some sheep in the vineyard, and they realize, oh, you got to like animals and be wanting to go out there at midnight and help them when they're having difficulties birthing or doing all those kind of things. So, mm. And then you, you also Just, use these sheep and these goat and you make milk? You use, I mean, you use their milk to make products? Uh, we, ha- we have uh, just started up um, in 2012 a small goat and sheep dairy. Um, and we use the dairy sheep during the dormant months in the vineyards. Uh, but they're full-size sheep. Nobody wants to milk a short sheep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask you something. Uh, why, do they have personalities like dogs? Like um, like, like each one has their own little personality? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, our, our cheesemaker is um, the goat person. I'm more the sheep person. And uh, she, she would argue that the goats have much more personalities than the sheep. But um, in the dairy, actually, every single one of our goats has a name. And uh, there's a few that actually come to their name when they're called. So oh, how they, cute is that? Wow. <laughs> they're very, they're very individual. And you make that sheep cheese there too. I, I've had goat cheese, but this is—I I was unaware there was such a thing as sheep cheese. But you have that in the dairy too. What is the difference between a goat and a sheep? That's, I think, the big question in the studio right now. <laughs> How is like the difference between a cat and a dog? What do you mean? Well, because um, I, I mean Joey doesn't know either, so don't don't make me out as the only no, I don't. in the studio. Yeah, person a lot. I mean, they're all in the ruminant family, but cows are ruminants as well. Um, and uh, goats tend to be more browsers than sheep or uh, grazers. So when you're using them on you know grazing hillsides for fire prevention, uh, goats would do better in like a brushy area because they like to. To each small shrubs and climb trees and 
uh, eat whatever they can. Where go- sheep tend to go more mm. for the grasses and and legumes. And what 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 is the sound that a sheep makes? <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if I can do that. <laughs> is it similar to what the sound the goat makes? No. Uh, I, yeah, it's more of a. Uh, I, I have a one. I have one little daughter, so I should be able to do this, right? Uh, a more of a bob and a. Uh, bah, has a bah, like that. Yeah it's, just, yeah, it's pretty good. Actually, all the different goat breeds have slightly different um, uh, yells. Uh, very good. Uh, you need the wheel. You need the wheel. You know, the goat goes, meh. Yes. You know what? I always ask the hard-hitting questions here at Animal Radio. There's a book that uh, the mailman just delivered it. It's called Down to Earth. What is this all about? Um, the, well, the Wine Institute published a book uh, that includes uh, some of the wineries that uh, are part of their uh, the California Sustainable um, Program. And it's a program that it's a self-assessment program to basically look at your company uh, company-wide um, different sustainable practices and what you could do to improve them and kind of give you uh, just a guide to work by. And you guys uh, are in this, right? You're, you're, you're Because you're a model is what you are. You're, you're, I'd say a pioneer, but it's like Judy said, we're it's really just done. coming yeah. coming back <laughs> full circle again. Well, I think it's really cool what you're doing over there, and I thank you for taking time to hang with us today. Thank you. Sarah Con Bennett. Uh, Navarro Vineyards, great wine over there, by the way. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, a good stuff if you're a wine drinker. I'll try it. And there's not a wine that you, you've ever turned away, Judy. Hey. You know, what's what's better? Think about that. Think about what's better than wine and cheese, and, and they got both there. I love That's wow. fresh, fresh as can be. No kidding. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. <laughs> Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. What is a hairball anyway? And why are cats always throwing them up? Hairballs are just that, balls of cat hair. Cats regurgitate hair and food products they can't digest. There are actually two types of hairballs. Cats make one type in the back of their throat and another in their stomach. Both feel equally as disgusting when you step on them in the middle of the night. You can cut down on hairballs by brushing your cat often or using one of the many hairball remedies at a pet supply store. Make sure you have your cat checked out by a vet if you think the vomiting is not hairball related. But hairball tossing is perfectly normal, even in a healthy cat. So watch where you step. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. <laughs> Hi, this is Wendy Malik on Animal Radio. And do not forget, stay and neuter. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. We get a lot of calls here. Uh, most common questions are about, like, my cat throwing up or my dog with separation anxiety. Pro- probably tops the list. But also, the third question down, what I'd 
let's say is pet insurance. Is pet insurance worth it? And ah, I, yeah. I used to believe that, you know, you take a little money, sock it aside, and it gains interest. And if you need it, you pull it out. If you don't need it, you think you're lucky stars and you have a little money with interest. But you got to be disciplined. you got to be disciplined with that. And then if it becomes catastrophic and you don't have the money, it could be... Uh, Wipe you out. Yeah, you got to be lucky. That's what it is. Do you find that uh, pet insurance is good? You know, I do. And, and actually, I am a firm believer in pet insurance in the major medical kind of scene of things. Um, I'm not really sold on the whole wellness for the everyday little things, but boy. And, you know, I, I actually just spoke on this to an actual one of the major national conferences for veterinarians that came to Las Vegas. And I was just a little old practitioner, but I shared some <laughs> case studies of uh, dogs and cats that, you know, it did work and how it didn't work in some situations. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of vets don't know as much about pet insurance as uh, us lay people or other lay people would like to believe. What What is it we hmm. don't know? Well, the big thing is that um, pre-existing conditions, they uh. happen. They happen in the human medical world and they happen in the animal world. So if you're getting insurance, you can't go into it thinking you're going to get insurance uh. for that problem you had two months ago. Uh. It really is for future catastrophic illness and so forth that's really the big one and then just you know it, it can pay off but the, it's good if it doesn't pay off that means your pet's healthy Do you find and, that more uh, and more people are don't have that dilemma of whether or not they have to euthanize their animal oh i mean no that's still a, i mean still a huge problem but that's one of the the uh, positives with pet insurance is that you can still hopefully afford some of these different levels of care and you know if you can still treat your pet or even see a specialist and be afforded a high level of care you know insurance can help share that um, so it really can be a, a benefit in those situations and, and make euthanasia not a treatment option but you know something that we just really don't have to turn to as much so I, I really believe in it and it can help so many situations for you know pets that are in a, in a bad state you said it doesn't cover pre-existing conditions. What about predisposed genetic conditions? Well, it will depend on the policy, but both of those, uh, both a congenital problem or um, breed-related problems, those in many cases are not going to be covered. And, you know, it's just insurance still has to stay afloat. So there are some different companies where they may not have the same restrictions. So if that's important to you, you may find an insurance product that, you know, doesn't have those exclusions. But um, otherwise, yeah, I, I had a lady who bought insurance thought she was getting one thing and it was completely not the fit for what she was expecting so you just want to ask a lot of questions due diligence is what they call that do your oh, due yeah. diligence find out uh, everything about what you're buying so you think it's a good thing just make sure you research it know what uh, your limitations are your pre-existing conditions and of course you can find more information online over at animalradio.com just type in pet insurance into the search engine one 405 to talk to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. We're all here for you. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio. And remember to spade and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Let's go to Leslie. Hey, Leslie, how are you doing? Good. What's going on with your pet today? Well, it's not It's my pet that I'm calling about. It's uh, needed to get some assistance with a neighbor of ours. The bachelor, never been married, uh, probably approaching 70 years old, finding great um, entertainment and joy in buying... Um, 
uh, kibble and leaving it out for the skunks and the raccoons, and we're in the neighborhood. Oh. Wow. And, wow. And um, I have tried to convince him. I've told him the statistics that have epidemic skunk population in our county, that they carry rabies, um, the raccoons, species, you know, can be a problem for pets and people. He has cats indoor outdoor cats um but he just gets this fascination um he's named the little skunks and their babies that they bring around each night you know just when it's starting to turn dark and uh we're smelling skunks all the time spraying you know outside and we've got two dogs that we let out at night in our yard and uh i i just wondered if you have any suggestions about what we could say that might get through to this man that just thinks that there's no harm in eating the wildlife. Yeah. Wow. I, for a minute, I thought you were going to ask me some medical questions about a seven-year-old man, and I thought, gosh, this, this show is crazy. Everyone's asking for human yeah. medical advice. I'm just trying to give you the full picture. You know, he's, okay. he's lonely. Um, okay. He doesn't have a lot of friends, and these animals are his friends. And uh, he gotcha. thinks it's very entertaining to see them come to his back door each evening to... Uh, Sometimes the raccoons and skunks are even there together, but I think the skunks usually come first and the raccoons kind of keep their distance and then the raccoons come and eat when the skunks are finished. It's a nightly regimen that goes on there and he tells my husband about it. doesn't mention it to me too much because he knows that uh, I usually give him some flack about it, but I it, nothing has worked. So I thought, you know what, maybe somebody at Animal Radio... Mm-hmm. Oh, You're God bless you. Right direction, and I don't oh. know what to do. It's, oh. Yeah, well, and it's definitely a, a huge concern because as long as he's feeding these critters, they're going to keep coming back, and, and that's yeah. going to pose, you know, all the risks that you've mentioned. Absolutely. So um, we really need to work at So I would kind of feel like sometimes working with folks with animals and some of our attachments to animals, even wildlife, um, it sometimes kind of borders on psychology here. So um, I'm not a psychologist, so I, I, I'll premise that by saying that, um, you know, I know animals, I don't know people, but I can tell you that sometimes that attachment to animals can be so extreme that even sensible information just is just dismissed. Right. Um, so all your good advice may not um, ever sink into his head. So a couple directions that I can tell you that I've used for folks in similar situations, sometimes more in like the hoarding situations, um, one is to get the local... Um, either the wildlife department or animal control involved. Sometimes someone with a badge coming up and saying, hey, we're having a problem with wildlife. Um, there are children in the area. This risk is established. They can throw statistics at him. That might be one thing you could do. The other, um, sometimes looking for a substitute, um, almost like a surrogate animal. So he's already got cats that he feeds. Um, but if he likes little critters that run around, um, you know, perhaps it's a barter system, maybe a family family member or a friend of his, we could work with them to say, hey, why don't we get you something cool? You know, maybe um, I'll spring for a guinea pig. If you want to have something to feed and to adore and to pet um, that's cute and it's got little beady eyes, (laughs) um, then, you know, maybe that might be a way of kind of trying to find um, a replacement because there really is a psychological kind of um, need for a lot of this behavior for some people if they're not, um, you know, responding to kind of what would seem like rational information um, to try to help them not do that. Um, 
so in in the meantime, I would have to ask: Are, are the critters becoming a problem on your property, or is it just you're just being well, proactive? Well, um, we've we've tried to plug up all the holes on our property in the fence area where we let our dogs out. Um, because years ago we had a problem with skunks coming on, and we realized they are good diggers, and so we've tried to put um, pieces of broken concrete or stepping stones or things that they can't dig under. And we've put uh, chicken wire up in places, and we have a pretty good protection, but um, they certainly go right past our bed window um, mm-hmm. on the other side of the house and give off a good spray, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And mm. we know yeah. the population is, uh, yeah, they might as well be spraying in our bedroom because it's wow, it's bad. And um, we know the population is increasing. He's encouraging that because he's, he's encouraging them to not be afraid of people. Yeah, yeah. And he's also encouraging them to have more litters because food is plentiful. Yeah. And, you, you know, the things you can do in your yard, um, definitely making things, areas inaccessible. I, I like that you're doing that with either wiring, wire fence or blocks. Um, but, you know, these guys generally, they're, most of them are active at night. So mm-hmm. ways you can make it less appealing for them at night would be to put a motion activated, um, backyard, um, like a halogen light out there. We so, have that. um, so that would go off. And, and yeah. really, I mean, I'm talking like intense lights. So you might have to get oh. multiple fixtures, things like that, or even the motion-activated uh, sprinkler systems that go off when a critter kind of breaches the electronic eye. Right. Those might be things that you can do. And, and then sometimes, um, you know, just the um, using ammonia um, environmentally kind of in some areas that can kind of keep these guys away. So, okay. uh, you know, you can try that. But, yeah, you might have to get some other wildlife uh, authorities right. involved to really really kind of have an intervention with this gentleman next door. My best wishes to you there. That that is a daunting challenge, Leslie. Thank you for your suggestions. I appreciate it. And if worse comes to worse, we can send Joey Volani over there. (laughs) (laughs) He'll take care of it. Talk to him. Uh, We wish you the best of luck, and thank you for listening, and most of all, thank you for thinking we'd have an answer. Because, you know, usually we do. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. 1-866-405-8405. Kind of a tough problem she's dealing with there. Yeah. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Litter Robot. Uh, this is really cool. We got one of these in the studio. We've been using it for the last few weeks. It's kind of a weird-looking device, but once the cats learned how to use it, which only took, I would say, about two days for them to get comfortable with it, we realized that we're using less litter here. The place mm-hmm. smells cleaner, and it's really simple as changing the kitchen garbage bag. You don't have to put in any cartridges. You don't have to use any kind of special litter. You could use any clumping litter. You could use... Uh, any large waste drawer lined plastic bag in there, and it rotates around seven minutes after the cat gets out of it. It rotates and sifts all the uh, the waste from yeah, the into kitty a, litter. into the receptacle by itself, all by itself. It's made in the USA, 90-day money-back guarantee and an 18-month full warranty. You can learn more at litter-robot.com. <laughs> Lucky dog, it's Animal Radio. We're celebrating our connection with our pets. You can talk to the Dream Team toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. On the other end of that phone, dog father Joey Volani, dog trainer Alan Cable, and Dr. Debbie. And I think this one is for Dr. Debbie. We go to Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, how are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? 
Marina Del Rey, California. Oh, listening in uh, the L.A. area. Well, thank you so much. What's going on with your animals? Well, I have, um, I rescued her off the streets of LA, central L.A., and she had terrible allergies. And um, at first, the vets gave her all of these steroids. But finally, I have um, got her on this new product called Apoquil. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure. You know, I mean, I, I, I hear it's like the, the, the miracle drug of all sorts. But I'm, I'm so iffy, and I, I was hoping that you might have some more insight into it for long-term use of it and um, and what you feel about it. Yes, and you know what, this this product, I have to say, my client feedback um, for pets that have allergies, whether they're food allergies, seasonal allergies, contact allergies, um, you can even use it in flea allergy dermatitis. Uh, but the overwhelming response is that we've had fabulous response. Um, people are very happy within four to six hours, pets are having relief um, when other therapies just don't always work. Right. Um, so it, it, some background on the drug, it is a new class of drug. So it isn't a steroid, it isn't an um, anti-histamine, um, anything else that we really have on the market. So it is new, and in, in that being said, we haven't really seen it in practice for a long period of time. So it's really just kind of hit the vet world pretty recently. But at least the research um, that they've done on the product um, is that most of the side effects tend to be pretty minimal, vomiting, diarrhea. But there are some big caveats in pets we don't want to use it in, and, and those tend to be the ones we see more concerns. So pregnant dogs. Um, dogs under a year of age, um, and it actually can maybe increase the, the risk for developing types of skin mites in young pups. Um, we don't use it in animals with cancer. Uh, okay. We don't use it in dogs that have really overwhelming infections in their skin. So if they have a bad bacterial infection, um, this is essentially, it, it alters the immune response. So uh, we want to make sure we treat any infection first before we get on board with this drug. Um, okay. But it, it does basically, in essence, interfere with the cell message, messages um, that tell the body to itch <laughs> to, due to allergies. So it's really kind of just innovative in how it works. The challenge that I'm having, I'll tell you, in a lot of areas, veterinarians just can't get this drug right now because um, yeah. part, partly production, partly demand, but it's really very challenging right now, and we are on a kind of a waiting list for it. Now, um, you said because I actually just, um, that's exactly the problem. I mean, I'm with, I need to read and they're only going to give me two weeks on it. And I said, oh, my mm-hmm. God, but you guys have started me on this product. And yeah. so, um, but the thing I'm concerned about, like you just said, it's not going to get the cause, though. It's only going to get the, the you know, and it, how safe is that for her? I, it, should I, I know they're monitoring and all, but I just thought that you, and I know what, what more can you say, too, being that it's so new. But she's like a changed dog. I mean, she's like a, exactly. she a pet. She's between that and your cell and chewies, she's just she's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, and that you know the the thing with this drug is we can start and stop it if if necessary. So there isn't you know the problem say like with steroids where you have to like taper off of it. So with Apoquel, it can be used kind of hit or miss if you need it. But most pets that need it are going to need it for more long term uh, control. So the challenge is you know, okay, and you asked. So is there a better way to manage these problems without just suppressing the itch? And 
Maybe. Um, so if we have food allergy, maybe we can get on an effective diet to try to manage that. Um, we can maybe try um, allergen therapy to help kind of retrain the immune system to those allergens. But ultimately, so many dogs, you know, it's just a matter of we just want a comfortable dog. Um, and we recognize people are allergic to things. We can't always stop those allergies. So we're really just looking for uh, managing those symptoms. And, and really, I think it's like 66% of dogs that are put on this, over 90% of them have an over overwhelming response so it is some um, pretty yeah. amazing stuff I, I appreciate i mean you just seem I, I just found you out by ordering my cell and chewies online and they put the little card in and i i got hooked I went, I went to the radio station i thought oh my god you guys are terrific cool. my first doggy and so you know I'm, of course i'm being the overprotective mom here i'm trying to do everything right for her and um you know when they started sticking on all these steroids at the beginning from all of her hot spots and all I panicked. I mean, I was going and crying to the vet saying, you got to do something other than steroids. So mm-hmm. this stuff is just amazing. And, and I'm still with that Stella and Chewy's. I'm, I probably shouldn't be doing an ad or anything. Well, no, you sport, know what? I, 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 Judy just handed me these things. She said, you got to talk about Stella and Chewy's for their ad today. So this is, you you cover the bases. And of course, oh that's... Oh, my the, God. That's... Oh, my God. This dog. I mean, in, in, in fact, that was the other, if there was one other thing I could ask you to, well, there were two quickies. But one is, of course, she doesn't drink a lot of water. So what I've been doing with her Stella and Chewy's is I have to dehydrate it. And you said put water in. I've just formed pretty much made it a soup because that's one way I can get her to drink water. How else can I get her to drink water? Well, some other things you can do are, um, you know, I take either chicken broth or I'll take what I call a hot dog soup. You can boil hot dogs or the, or the broth that you might boil meat in. And you can offer that into either the food or you can even use that as a, um, in the summer months, we'll freeze it and make little popsicles. So <laughs> you can do it in that way as well. But it is challenging. So for a dog that doesn't drink a whole lot, um, adding it into the food is one way. Sometimes we'll salt the food, um, or I'll just increase Wait, physical exercise. Did you say add salt? Did you say? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? That's healthy? Yeah. I mean, dogs don't really have the salt-related cardiovascular problems. Now, if a pet had heart disease or maybe some kidney problems, we might not be doing that. But, you know, for the average pet, it's totally fine. But the okay. other thing is really very simple is you increase the activity for an animal, and they're going to drink more water. So it's yeah. it's kind of like a give and take. Their appetite also will tend to increase if you get more activity. Do you make a big deal over it? Like you put, like I see people at the dog park. Get a drink. Get a drink. Drink some water. Get a drink. Why don't you drink? Believe me, I do. Okay, that's what I was going to tell you. Don't do that. Because I think Dr. Debbie will even tell you, barring a medical problem, when a dog is thirsty, a dog is going to drink. So just put the water down and just leave it there and don't make a big deal out of it. Just forget about it. Oh, good. Oh, you guys are so true. One other quickie that I, the first thing I heard you guys talk about and I was so interested was, you were talking about chew, chew toys. This was the other day. And the uh-huh. thing you didn't cover and I wasn't sure about is antlers. I mean, I've been buying these antlers. They're not cheap. Can that break her teeth? Yeah. You know, some of these antler chews, they're such innovative things that these companies are finding that are, you know, effective chew toys that dogs like. The one thing I will tell you is a lot of dogs love the antlers. They're great ways to pass the time. Anything that they're chewing on gives them exercise, and it can keep the teeth clean. But antlers are among some of the hardest type of chew products that I do find out there. And you do run the risk that we can have fractured of the teeth. So okay. I can tell you it's a very personal decision based upon what your dog chews, what your destruction potential is. But I can tell you my little guy, um, I, I kind of limit things to hard plastic. But most do- dog dentists would tell you if it's anything that you can't whack on your knee and it hurts you, you shouldn't be giving it to your dog to let them chew on it. 
Okay. Yes, you guys are just, I am so, I really am so impressed with you all. You're just wonderful. Well, I mean, thank, I'm just. We're impressed with you. Go tell a friend about us, too, will you? Oh. I was just going to say, ma'am, do you think we could all stay with you a couple of nights, maybe over the weekend and party? Because we know we love to hang out with <laughs> listeners. Yeah, we do. Is, is it hey, too soon? Thank you so much, Julie, for giving us a call today. We appreciate it. Let us know if you ever have any other problems, you know, just give us a call back. We're here for you. Of course, she was talking about Stella and Chewy's and the brand new intro pack, which is uh, for three ninety nine, four ninety nine for the phenomenal pheasant dinner. They have these. How big are these? Eight and a half ounces. So you can try out all the different foods. And she was talking about this because I guess it's the choice of a lot of dogs and dog guardians that have allergies for one reason or another. There's some novel proteins in the phenomenal pheasant. As well as, I guess, the Simply Venison is also a novel protein. Yeah, you know, when I originally used it, it was because I just have a finicky dog. And she loves it. She loves it. Yes, she does. So you can get the intro pack. Find out what flavor they like anywhere Stella and Chewy's is sold. And thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. And the card that she was talking about is the insurance card. If you're you're buying medicines for your animals... You can get a discount off those medicines with this card. And do we still have some left? If I still have it? some. Let me know. Yeah, just give us a call here at the toll-free number at 1-866-405-8405. And Judy will get you one of these prescription discount cards for your pet. What's the best way to bring people together? T-shirts. T-shirts. Custom T-shirts that you design online with custom ink. Custom Ink has created over 30 million shirts for families, teams, reunions, church groups, cheerleaders, companies big and small. On-time delivery is guaranteed, and we'll even ship your order absolutely free. Start designing your Custom Ink t-shirts today and see why 99% of our customers say they would order from us again. Visit CustomInc.com. We've talked about Stella and Chewy's family of freeze-dried and frozen dinners for dogs. Now we're pleased to share two new exotic dinner additions, Simply Venison and Absolutely Rabbit. Both are made with 90% single-source protein and enhanced with organic fruits and vegetables. Each are fortified with vitamins, minerals, and probiotics to be 100% complete and balanced. Stella and Chewy's, the official food of Ladybug, Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog. Only the good stuff. For more information, go to Stella and Chewy's. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Hot flashes, sleeplessness, irritability, how about low libido, or weight gain? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it can be practically impossible to get relief from these problems. But you're in luck because Ambrin can help you balance hormones and relieve your hot flashes, sleeplessness, irritability, and other symptoms of menopause. And now you can finally lose weight. Yes, even that stubborn body fat with Ambrin Weight Loss, a powerful new product that will help you get the results you want. So you can finally lose the weight and all those other awful menopause symptoms. Call now and ask how you can get your free sample of Amber and Weight Loss. Just call 1-800-245-9551. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Call Amber right now, 1-800-245-9551. That's 1-800-245-9551. 1-800-245-9551. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Alan, did you know that Mother Nature is trying to kill you? I mean, Mother I don't Nature's want to freak, trying to kill me. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to freak you out or anything like that. 
But what does uh, this mean? Well, we're going to find out. We have Dr. Dan Riskin joining us. Doc, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Splendid. Uh, but I'm very frightened by your book. It's a it's a beautiful cover. I love the color. Great artwork. But what it says is frightening. It says Mother Nature is trying to kill you. It's a lively tour through the dark side of the natural world. Uh, first of all, I want to mention that you are the host of an Animal Planet TV show called Monsters Inside Me. I am. I, I haven't seen it yet. I assume it's uh, disgusting. Sim- it's disgusting. It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, you have seen it. Okay, Doctor. <laughs> oh, Debbie. I'm a fan of Monsters Inside Me. That's great. Now, <laughs> I, I could just guess because Doctor Debbie likes weird, smelly things, and she likes weird creepy worms, crawlers. That, creepy crawlers. Yeah. So is that what Monsters Inside of Me is about? Yeah, uh, the show is about the parasites that infect humans, and it's, it's, it's a fantastic show because when you watch it, it's disgusting, and you can't believe the stuff you're hearing, but none of it is made up. It's all totally real. So if somebody says, you know, I was riding my bike, and I was in Nepal, and I'd been there for a few weeks, and all of a sudden something came out of my nose and waved around in front of my face and then went back up my nose, that's a scary story, but it's totally true. This guy got a giant leech that went up his nose when he was drinking out of a stream, and he didn't know he had it, and so the only way he found out was nosebleeds, and then every once in a while he'd see something in front of his face and Ooh. the whole story of how he managed to get that thing out. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And I, you know, <laughs> thank you for your kind words about the cover of my book, which is beautiful. But of course, it pales compared to the real stuff that's out in nature. And so when I say Mother Nature is trying to kill you, what I'm talking about is the fact that, you know, everybody loves nature. Everybody loves going outside and taking a breath of fresh air. But a lot of people are missing out on the best parts of nature because they go in with these preconceived ideas about what nature is. They think that it's friendly and kind and, and beautiful. And healthy. I mean, it's just it's cuddly, and if you just get to know a grizzly bear, you could stand next to it. And most of the animals out there don't really want to hurt you; they're doing their own thing. But the truth is that there are all these venomous creatures out there. There are parasites, there are predators, and the way animals treat one another is worse than anything humans could do. And it's only when you look at the absolutely ugliest parts of nature that you really see the most beautiful parts. And so this is an exploration of all the things that happen in nature that you shouldn't talk about at the dinner table. And I talk about them in sort of the language that I would have wanted to learn about it when I was 12. And basically, I use the seven deadly sins as my uh, guide. And I say, (laughs) you know, like, if you want lust, yeah, sure, humans have lust. But there's a spider that will, like, the male is, he'll approach a female, and she's going to try to eat him. So his strategy (laughs) is to get really close. And then when he gets his penis where he wants it to be, and by the way, he has two penises, and they're on the sides of his head because he's a spider, he gets where they need to go. And then once he starts mating with her, he rips his own genitals off of his body and makes a break for it because he knows he's about to die. And while he's running away, his little penises are pumping in the background doing their thing and he's just going as fast as he can for the outside of the web. Now, three quarters of the time she kills him and eats him and gets calories out of it, but that's okay because his penis still gets to do its thing. But if he gets away, does he live? If he gets away, not only does he get to live, he loses the penis forever, but then he stands just out of her reach and guards her against any other males that approach with thoughts of romance. And so, Questions, thoughts, thoughts and questions. Uh, Lots of them. First of all, when is Disney going to make a movie? And second, <laughs> second, uh, h- how does this spider even survive? I mean, the, the woman is trying to eat him up and kill him. How, why do they even bother the mate? Why, why doesn't the male spider go, hey, you know what? It's just not worth it. I'm going to watch ESPN. That is exactly the right question. That is exactly the question that scientists have been asking. And what the, the answer that scientists have come up with is that for that spider, to pass on its DNA, it has no flippin' choice. It has to mate. If it wants to sit out this round and just not mate, that's fine, but it's going to die, and then it's never going to pass on its genes. And so 
spiders that have those instincts to just look out for themselves never get to pass on their DNA. And it's only the spiders that are crazy enough to rip off their own genitals that ever get to pass on DNA. And it becomes the thing you do instinctively because that's what gets passed on. And so when animals have a choice between survival or doing something to reproduce, they always choose the reproduction. And humans are the same. There are data from uh, 18th and 19th century Korea where men worked for the emperors in Korea. And some of those men who worked for the emperor were castrated when they were young men, and so they didn't have testicles. And as a result of not having testicles, they had no testosterone in their bodies. And what they found was those men, living in the same place as men with testicles, lived 15 to 19 years longer because they didn't have to deal with all those hormones that are actually hard on the body. And so we, as men, make a choice every day to carry these stupid things around between our legs that only get us hurt when we're playing hockey and as a result of that we live shorter lives but i dare you to find a, a guy who's like yeah sure let's get rid of him yeah well let me I'm ask ready. you this dr debbie i'm ready now i'm me, ready me, now me, dr okay. debbie me me me, me. Okay. i have a question i have a question i have a question okay so he has two of them right so does this mean that he's using both of them at the same time i mean or if he rips one off does he have another so like he procreates twice yeah is, you're is, thinking like a spider i like what you're doing there are some spiders that only use one at a time and in fact there's a study that just came out recently that shows that some spiders will actually smell the web of a female to see how many male footprints they can smell to get an idea of whether there might be just one uh penis sticking into the female in the middle of the web and whether it's worth it to make an approach and so different spiders have different strategies everybody's familiar with the black widow you know that kills the male and all this stuff but they're all all kinds of different spiders, and the answer is different for all of them. And so this is the kind of stuff that just, I mean, it, it really, it, it makes you ask questions. It makes you sort of question what you thought you knew about nature in this loving, kind place. And that's not even the beginning of it. I mean, when a hyena gives birth, her clitoris rips in half. So, I mean, it's like the world out there is brutal for wow. some of these animals, and reproducing has a huge cost. And so, you know, it's the stuff you shouldn't talk about at the dinner table, but it's the stuff that I think is the most interesting stuff in nature. And that's just the sex part. There's also all the venoms, there's all the the behavior, there's all the parasites, there's all these things that control your brain. I mean, it's just amazing stuff. I'm sorry. You married the wrong man, Dr. Debbie. Yeah. Hey, hey, I know what I'm going to be next year for Halloween, man. I've always wanted to have two penises stuck to the side of my head. This is going to be an awesome costume. Well, sounds like a heck of a party. Yeah. It's, that's a good location for them, too, anyway. You also have cats and dogs. Cats, maybe perhaps... Uh, rats are actually lured into their claws by parasites. What's this about? Oh, this is the coolest thing that you'll ever hear in your entire life. So here it is, and I'm not even exaggerating. This really is unbelievable. So cats have a parasite, and this is a parasite that they pass on. It goes out in their poop and then their eggs, and then a rat will eat those eggs by accident, and then the cat, a different cat, needs to eat that rat, and then the life cycle continues. So it comes out of the cat, goes into a rat, goes into another cat. And that's fine and dandy, but... And this is a parasite, by the way, that house cats get. And it's the one, you know, if you've ever heard that pregnant women aren't supposed to change the kitty litter, this is, this is the one they're talking about. And so it does occur in America, right? And so the idea is when a rat has this parasite, the parasite wants the rat to get eaten by a cat. But unfortunately, rats are instinctively really good at avoiding cats. For one thing, if a rat smells the urine of a cat, it's terrified. It, it, the, the brain, it immediately sends a signal to the uh, fear centers. And as soon as a rat smells cat urine, even if it's raised in captivity and has never been around a cat, it will be terrified and it will run away. But 
if the rat has the parasite, the parasite rewires the brain so that instead of going to the signal going to the fear center, the signal goes to the sexual arousal center of the brain. So the rat gets turned on by the smell of cat urine, so it's more likely to stick around, and that's why it gets picked off, and that's why the parasite gets passed on. So this is pretty cool, but the place it gets really interesting is that that parasite can also get ingested accidentally by people when they accidentally get cat poop in their mouth. And so, accidentally. Accidentally. Well, you're changing the kitty litter. It's dusty. Who knows, right? And so you get some of these eggs. And if, so if you're a if you're not a pregnant woman, then you won't really show any symptoms. A pregnant woman, it can really harm the baby. So that's why you have to be careful. Mm. But if you're just not if you're a woman who isn't pregnant, or if you're a man, you'll get this parasite. You won't even know it, and it will rewire your brain. Wow. A little bit. And what the result of this is is one thing is your reaction time goes down. Mm. The second, so you're more likely to die in a car accident. And the second thing is that it actually changes your personality in measurable ways. So if you have people take a standardized test, people who have this parasite give different answers than people who don't have the parasite. Men tend to act more jealous and mistrusting, and women tend to be more kind-hearted. And both uh, sexes tend to be afraid to try new things. And these are these weird, subtle things these parasites are doing. And here's the kicker. One out of every eight Americans has it. Whoa. So so I could could have it? That explains it, Hal. Yeah, that could explain a lot. (laughs) You could. So, I mean, these are the things. And this is just like they're just learning about this now, right? So they're just starting to make the measurements, like asking questions like, well, what else does this affect about humans? The only reason they know about these standardized personality tests is they started doing the test, giving the test to people. But there's also thought to be a huge link to schizophrenia, that people who come down with schizophrenia are far more likely to be harboring this parasite than the normal population. So there's a thought that maybe this parasite is triggering schizophrenia in some cases, and if not most of them. So the, the, the medical implications for this are incredible, and that's just one of the parasites that's out there. Can you stick around just for a couple more minutes? Okay, we're talking with Dr. Dan Riskin, and uh, of course he is uh, telling us the nasty side or the ugly side of Mother Nature, and I'm going to ask him about uh, what's under the ocean, what's happening under the ocean, coming up next right here on Animal Radio. Stick around. Little Bo Peep has lost her sheep because someone broke into her apartment and stole all her sheep, not to mention a 50-inch flat-screen TV. Luckily, the Geico Insurance Agency had helped her with renter's insurance, and she got full replacement. She has since trained her sheep to do voice impressions of various attack dogs, and now feels very safe. Visit Geico.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Go on, sweetie. Jump to Dad. I'm not sure, Daddy. The water's cool. There are moments in life that cause us to hesitate. Jump right here. Uh, okay. Here I come. I got you. Good job. I did it. That was fun. But once we take action, we're really glad that we did. If you're thinking about selling your home, don't hesitate. Interest rates are low and buyers are in the market. Every market's different. Call a Realtor today and visit Realtor.com. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Really? No way. Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams. Here to get craft beer drinkers' reactions as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. Think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sam Adams! Like, <laughs> I was good at yes. Sam Adams. That's easy to drink. It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer. Smooth, but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this test did is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. Boston Beer Company, Boston Fantasy, responsible. What dog 
food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer canine caviar, visit caninecaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. Tammy Trujillo, a dog's sense of smell, it's said to be 200,000 times better than humans. That's why dogs work detecting bombs, drugs, and now they're being trained to use those fantastic noses to detect certain health issues, like the moment a person with diabetes starts to have a hypoglycemic incident. Now researchers at a UK charity called Medical Detection Dogs are working on training dogs to detect the odor of cancer. So far, dogs have been able to accurately detect three types of cancer, breast, lung, and ovarian. And here's the coolest part. It appears they're able to make those detections before medical testing could. In 2011, six of every ten pet owners, or 62.3%, considered their pets family members. I know we all do. Mm -hmm. And that's from the U.S. Pet Ownership and Demographics Sourcebook. Now a funeral home in central New York is expanding its business to offer a new service to pet owners, personalized pet cremations. Shep Family Funeral Home will let people say goodbye to their pet in a viewing room before the private cremation. And I didn't know this, but right now, when a pet dies, the veterinarian holds the body till a service comes by to get the remains, and then they're part of a communal cremation with other animals, and then the ashes are divided up to be returned to the vet's office for a pickup, Uh meaning, yeah, you don't necessarily get all... The ashes from your pet. Wow. Well, Shep, yeah, I didn't know that. Hmm. Shep's cremations, though, will ensure that pet owners get only the ashes of their individual dog, cat, or other animal. Hmm. And it's always fun to get a doggy 911 story in, so we've got one. When emergency dispatchers, I love this one, in Sarpy County, Nebraska, picked up a recent call, all they heard were the sounds of breathing and scratching. And it had them kind of worried. That's until they found out the noises were actually coming from a dog who had dialed 911. Now, this dog's person says she thought her two-pound Japanese shin, Sophie, was trying to curl up next to her on the couch. She realized that Sophie had actually pawed out 911 on her smartphone when she heard a voice from the phone asking for an address of the emergency. Mm. <laughs> and apparently this doggy 911 call was a first for the Sarpy County emergency <laughs> operators. Smart dog. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. What's the best? Best way to bring people together? T-shirts! T-shirts. Custom T-shirts that you design online with Custom Ink. Custom Ink has created over 30 million shirts for families, teams, reunions, church groups, cheerleaders, companies big and small. 
On-time delivery is guaranteed, and we'll even ship your order absolutely free. Start designing your custom ink t-shirts today and see why 99% of our customers say they would order from us again. Visit customink.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 888-679-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 888-679-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional professional installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 24.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 888-679-MY-TV that's 888-679-MY-TV cancel the cable cut costs and get more call now 888-679-MY-TV that's 888-679-MY-TV Hey everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. It's Animal Radio. If you've missed any part of today's show, remember, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. You can listen to the show as well as browse our Library of Resources, and it's just been updated, too, for OS 7, so you want to check that out. It is a free download. Did I mention that? It yes, doesn't cost you anything for that. And you get to hear this interview over again if you want to. We we rarely have people on in two segments, but I am so captivated by this guy. We have Dr. Dan Riskin on. He is, of course, from Animal Planet's Monsters Inside Me. He's the host of that show, and he has a brand new book called Mother Nature is Trying to Kill You. And I, I didn't realize how serious he was until, I'd say, the last five or ten minutes. <laughs> so one of the fun things I got to do with this book was I went through the seven deadly sins and I tried to figure out, you know, for each one, which animal does it worse than humans. And when it came to gluttony, you know, eating, I started with wolverines because their Latin name is gulo, which means glutton. So it, feel, it felt like an, an obvious start. And wolverines are awesome. I mean, they're you know, a little bit bigger than a cat, but they can take down a moose by severing the tendons in their neck. And there's one wolverine that once killed 18 reindeer in two days just because it could. It couldn't possibly eat that much. They'll, they'll follow a pack of wolves and wait until the wolves kill something, and then they'll chase the wolves away and just take their food away. I mean, wolverines are awesome, but they hold uh, they can't hold a candle to a blue whale. When it comes to what is the animal that kills the most to survive, I did some back-of-the-envelope calculations because a blue whale eats these little tiny planktonic things called krill, mm-hmm. and, and and according to the numbers that I could find in literature, they must kill half a million krill every single day just to keep going. And wow. so if you imagine, like, you know, if you ask yourself how many animals do you kill in a day to, to get by, but if you, if you look across, there are animals that you would think are very gentle that do plenty of killing as well. There's a famous paper of orangutans, and, you know, everyone thinks they're these nice, friendly things that sit in trees, and they're all gentle, and they cuddle with their babies. But mm-hmm. if they see a slow loris, which is like this little primate with big eyes that is maybe the cutest animal on the planet, there's a scientific paper that describes this in gruesome detail where the the orangutan smacks it out of a tree, goes down, gets it from the ground, 
eats its eyeballs and its brain, and then it rips off its skin, and then it eats the palms of its hands and makes its way through all its internal organs. And just like, you know, those are calories. And so these animals that are vegetarian are still every once in a while looking to get a free meal. If, if a little bit of meat comes by, they're like, ah, let's throw that on the salad and see how that does. I have a theory. I, th- I think those orangutans are infected by the parasite in the cat. It rewired their brain to do that. Hey, that's you know what? what? <laughs> the, the, the truth is they are infected with parasites. And what those parasites do is a good question, because when you make a list of every single kind of animal in the entire planet, more than half of your list is going to be parasites. It's really amazing. But every single animal you ever see in a nature documentary or even at your backyard feeder is covered of, with parasites and full of parasites. Even penguins in Antarctica, panda bears, they all have tapeworms. They all have ticks. They all have mites. And uh, when, you, when you actually think about what characterizes the natural world, it's pretty incredible that more than half of it is creatures that are not doing their share of the work, that are freeloading off of the hard workers. Mm. What about the cuttlefish? I understand this this little guy is a camouflage expert. Oh, cuttlefish! So there's a there's a beautiful so cuttlefish. In case you, for those of your listeners who aren't familiar, it's it's kind of like a big squid. They're they're closely related to squid. And so mm-hmm. picture a squid, and it's a big one. It's it's about twenty pounds. And uh, and they they live in Australia, off the Great Barrier Reef. It's called a giant Australian cuttlefish. And these big males are really, really tough. And so they will fight with other males, and they will defend groups of females. And they'll be like, you can't come mate with those females because I'm the big tough one around here. And so there will be a little group of females, and this male will be standing in defense of them and swimming around. And if any male comes over that's smaller, he'll beat them up. But then there's this male who has a totally different strategy called a sneaker male. This is a small male who doesn't have a chance to win that fight. So what he does is he changes his body posture to be a little bit more feminine. And then he changes his body coloration, because he can change the color of his skin, to look more like a female. And then he swims right past that male looking like a female. And the male, the big male, says, oh, all right, another female to put with my group. And he goes back there. And then while the big, tough male is defending his group of females, this guy's mating with as many of them as he can in the background. It's called a sneaker male strategy, but it's brilliant. (laughs) And it totally works. Uh, This is uh, truly a dog-eat-dog world that we live in, and you've uh, proven that today. I never knew it. Mother Nature is Trying to Kill You is the name of the book, A Lively Tour Through the Dark Side of the Natural World. Dr. Dan Riskin joining us. I have ten copies to give away. Nine, huh? Nine, nine, nine copies how? to give away. Boy, you really <laughs> Dr. always... Dan is fascinating. You, you notice how fast he talks? Because that's that's because he can't get anybody normal to listen to him. He goes to a party, he starts talking about penises on the side of your head. The women are like, okay, let's, let's go to the bar, girl. Let's go. Yeah, welcome to my life. That is exactly how it goes. And uh, tell us, is, is your program on uh, Animal Planet right now? When does it air? Yeah, it's on Animal Planet. You know, I'm not too sure on the timing. I know that Discovery Health has been carrying the show as well. It's been on the air for a couple years now, and so it's into repeats and things like that. But if you check your listings you can find it and also you know youtube's a great place to get uh to get footage from the show and uh and to see little bits about people who have worms in their head and stuff like that but the the book starts with the story of me having a parasitic that's what i wanted to find out you actually got a maggot inside the root inside your head yeah yeah, no, it's called a botfly, and you know what? It it was a, like it was a transforming moment for me because you know I was a bat biologist and I was out there studying bats and I had my binoculars and I was taking it all in and I didn't know that this mosquito was biting my head and this mosquito was special because a few minutes before it bit me, a 
big fly had caught it in the air and laid eggs on it and then let it go. And this big fly is called a bot fly. And so when the mosquito bit me on the top of my head, it dropped off these eggs. And the mosquito oh. no, you know, was no worse for wear. And the mosquito went away, and I had a mosquito bite. And I probably didn't even notice it because I was covered in mosquitoes. I was in Belize in the tropical rainforest. But then I didn't, maybe I didn't wash my hair that night or something like that. This, this egg hatched. It turned into a maggot. The maggot went down into the hole that the mosquito had oh. drank through. And then it started to grow. And now if you let this thing grow to full size, it'll be an inch long before it pops out of your skin again. And it feels like this big swollen zit with a hole in it. And every once in a while, my friends could see a little white tube coming out of it to take a breath and so i got back to my home i'm from canada so i went back to my home in in edmonton which is north of uh montana and you know like my friends were like are you kidding me you've got to like this is the most disgusting thing i've ever seen but so i went to the doctor and i told them what i thought i had and they thought i was just crazy they're like there's no such thing i'm like no there is believe me it's called this and here's the life cycle and there's this fly and eventually they agreed to take a look and they cut it out of my head and put it in a little jar and now i have it in fact i'm calling you from my desk right now i'm holding Holding my bot fly in my hand, looking wow. at it as I talk to you. Wow. Okay, I got to ask, what did you name him? Uh, I did. I named him Georgia because he was on top of my head, and I thought Georgia <laughs> on my mind was a good, good little name for it. <laughs> oh, I so get you, Doc. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I oh think I think it's the first time since Brett Michaels has been in the studio yeah. that uh, I've ever seen Doctor Debbie so excited. She, <laughs> oh she, uh, she, she lives for people like you. Yeah, well, it's, it's the and like I'm just the person. You know, this is the stuff I live for. The, the kinds of science that are discussing. What got me started on on biology when I was in high school? I read a book about bats, and when it got to the chapter on how they mate, it talks about the fact that they just have enormous balls. So if you had a human with <laughs> balls the same size as a bat's for their size, it would be like a human walking around with two pumpkins in front of their body. Wow. And I was like, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm in like high school and I'm reading this and I'm going, are you kidding me? Am I allowed to read this? You know, I felt like I was getting away with something. And it turns out there's a whole, that's science. And so I've written a whole book full of that stuff. And some lucky high school student is going to be reading this and getting away with it in their class. Oh, <laughs> this is genius. <laughs> there you go. I got to tell you, we've had so much fun. Hopefully we can do this again. We've I run out of time. Dr. Dan Riskin joining us. Check him out on Monsters Inside Me. Check out his book, Mother Nature is Trying to Kill You. In fact, let's go ahead and give away those nine copies now at 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to your bookstore, order it online, Amazon. They all have it. It's great reading. I'm sure I'm going to uh, snag your copy, Judy. Yeah, it'll go around this Later studio. today, because now I know what it's about. I'm intrigued. It's a, it's a little before the bed reading. Just, you know, to get your Ew, dream cycle you have nightmares. going. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. Pleasure's mine. Thanks so much. Take care. one 405 8405 If you want to get through to talk to Dr. Debbie, a dog trainer, Alan Cable, or dog father, Joey Volani. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app. App for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. Animal Radio is underwritten by Litter Robot. That litter robot automatically cleans the cat litter for you. You don't need any special supplies or plumbing. Just your favorite clumping cat litter. You'll never scoop dirty litter again. It's available at litter-robot.com. Dog father, Joey Valani. How are you doing? See, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Just hanging in? Just, Not better than that? Come uh, on. Well, you, look, you look better than that. 
Well, good. You look like a million dollars. So what do you got going on today? We're going to talk about something controversial today. Okay, Uh-oh. we're going to talk about coloring your pet. Coloring wow. people. Oh. The first thing I'm going to say is if you really want to do this, the best way to do it is have a professional do it. If you can't hold out and have a professional do it, listen to me because there's a right way and a wrong way. First thing you want to do, and for years... I always was talking about going and getting manic panic and stuff that kids used, uh, mainly because the pet industry didn't have their own colors, but now they do. So I'm going to advocate that because, you know what, even though the other colors are safe, these are safer. And let's be safe than sorry. The bottom line is this. What you want to do is go out and find some good pet colors. And if you're going to go to a groomer, not all groomers do this. And you don't want to just go to any groomer. Talk to them. Ask them what they use. If they sound like that they know what they're talking about great if they don't seem to know what they're talking about or you're unsure well you know what then to go on to the next person are we coloring our, or are we talking like uh taking the gray out of the beard type of thing or are we talking about making them red white and blue pal? you see if you um if you waited a little bit i would i would have told i would have explained that but that's okay well, I'm, gonna sit back I'm, talk, I'm, I'm, gonna... I'm actually talking about both because okay. the methods of doing this is is exactly the same way now i don't advocate one thing if you have a black dog and you want to dye your dog any other color than, than black, it's not going to work. There's a whole process that you have to do to do that that I do not agree with, which is the bleaching. It is not good. It is not healthy. Stay away from it. You don't want to do it. But if you want to just go back to natural color, they have a line of colors for dogs, okay? Not cats, for dogs, okay? That you can match the closest color. And what you'll do is you'll bathe your dog real good. But here's the trick. Put some hydrogen peroxide, regular hydrogen peroxide, in a sprayer and lightly spray the pet. Now, what that's going to do, it's actually going to open up the hair shaft a little bit so Mm -hmm. the coloring will be able to go in. Follow the directions to the color. Put it on your pet. Let it sit on as long as it says and rinse it off and follow the directions right after that. You'll notice that you'll have real good vibrant color. The other plus that you want that they don't tell you is put a conditioner on top of it because what will happen is it will close up that hair shaft again. Now, if you have a light-colored dog, you can go back to the light color, but also you can put a splash of color, maybe some blues, pink, whatever you want to do. But again, be careful. Follow the instructions, okay, and use pet-safe colors. Mm. But remember one thing. If you're doing it at home, yeah. it goes everywhere. Yeah, all over the house. <laughs> yeah. I put a red heart on Ladybug's side Yeah, you used to, what, this pet paint here? Yeah, there's this? pet paint. You just use it. You hear this? Uh-huh. That's a little ball inside. That means it's an aerosol can. So I'm shooting aerosol. So I'm looking at the back label of this pet paint. It says, warning, extremely flammable. Do not use near flame. So I'm putting this on my dog which will probably lick itself. I remember one time I even tried Kool-Aid. You used the now that powdered, yeah. That, that way, seems like a good idea. If they lick it, then it, it doesn't it works. Burn. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how they did the the, the horse in Wizard of Oz. Oh, really? The horse of With Kool-Aid? Colors, Jello powder. Jello powder. Jello, that's yeah, a good idea. Yeah. On a white horse. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. I got Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on? I got a 13-year-old Australian Shepherd, and uh, she's got a a lump on the right side of her neck. And uh, so I took her to the vet, and he was saying that he believed it was probably cancer, a tumor, Mm -hmm. and uh, because of her age said it probably wouldn't do any good to operate on her 
or he goes, you know, you can drive the Cadillac and do all the testing and all that. He said, biopsies are, you're spent about a grand. And uh, he said, but with her age, it'd be really hard on her. But anyway, I can, mm-hmm. sometimes I reach over there and feel it, and it doesn't feel like it's as big. It feels like it's kind of moved down, maybe moved flat or something. It's done what? It's gone flat? Yeah, it's like it's it's not, it, it's still there. You can still feel it, but it feels like it's kind of moved, moved across her throat more. Okay. And it's not near the size of, of it. But, and sometimes you feel it, and it's, I want to say, maybe the size of a tennis ball. Right. So And yeah. now, if, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you if she's having any trouble eating, swallowing, anything like that. Uh, the deal, deal with the swallowing is I notice that more when she's drinking water, and she kind of she gags. I switched her. I was feeding her all dry food. Now I got her on canned food. Mm-hmm. And uh, But now... She is. She acts like she's constipated, but when she goes, it's it's diarrhea, mm. and uh, man, does it stink! Oh, and she doesn't go very much. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, we we got a couple things going now. How is she generally feeling? Is she uh, eating? Does she seem to have her normal spunk and activity? Yeah, she's eating like a horse, <laughs> and uh, I mean, she, you know, she's getting her bowl early, going to her bowl early, you know. And, uh, you know, we get out and go for walks, and, man, she's ready to play, and she doesn't act like anything's wrong. Okay. Well, that's all. I'm glad to hear that because that's all good stuff as far as, you know, her energy for life and her daily activity. Now, um, you said that the vet suspected this might be a thyroid-based tumor, and that's probably based on, like, where it's at um, in the neck area. Did they do any kind of sampling from that at all? No. We were both kind of the pen, you know, because of our age and and, mm-hmm. uh, and everything, and, and uh, he was telling me that, he could send me someplace where they could do a biopsy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot that actually, and, and that's where, I mean, depending on what your um, steps and how you might manage your pet's disease, every, there's all sorts of different ways we can approach this. Now, the most aggressive way would be to get an actual biopsy, a piece of that, um, you know, get full lab work, find out where we're at. Sometimes we'll even do th- things like CT scans in dogs so we know what the extent, what it's attached to, um, so we can know what the surgical approach would be. Now, if you're not inclined to go that road and go full guns in that department, you know, there's some other options we can do to figure out maybe a little bit more what we're up against to get an idea uh, what else we can be doing to preserve quality of life. And, and for many of my clients, that's that's really what I try to focus on in a, you know, double-digit pet is, um, you know, really to make sure those days are happy and healthy. And, you know, maybe you don't want to do a big extensive surgery and, and see a specialist. Right. But the things you... Things you might consider um, looking at, in many cases with a mass, and a thyroid mass, I'll agree, a, a natural biopsy is better, but we can sometimes just do a needle biopsy to get an idea what we might be up against. So we basically do that on an outpatient visit. It doesn't require anesthesia. We take a sample with a needle, make some slides, send that out to a specialist, and they try to give us their idea of what's going on. 
Um, another big thing that I'll do if we have a mass, especially in the thyroid area, is I'll check um, a dog's chest x-rays. And the reason is, is because approximately 30% of thyroid tumors, if they're malignant, will actually already have spread. Um, and many times they'll spread to the lungs. So 30% of the time, that may help us make some big decisions where you're at right now with her overall health. Um, and so those steps I would certainly, um, you know, have you consider um, just so you know what you're up against because the straining you're describing um, is is very consistent with diarrhea. And, um, and actually a lot of times when we see pets straining to go and they just dribble out little drops of liquid, um, they aren't truly constipated. They're just straining with that cramping and that urgency with diarrhea. So a um, little different approach, but it sounds like we need to do something for her for her comfort. So, um, you know, I might, uh, you know, have you think long and hard how you want to go from here. And if you're interested in doing some of the, the milder things, um, you know, I would certainly encourage you on that aspect. All right. What what do I do about the diarrhea for now? I mean, is there anything I could, I could uh, I mean, yeah. we don't know going on, do we? Exactly. So, I mean, some of the, the the mild things you can do while you're waiting to get into your vet office would be, you know, offering very bland food, staying away from those table scraps, just very bland food. Um, a lot of times, like the chicken and rice uh, type diets, so you can boil chicken, uh, add a little white rice into that. Um, it's generally pretty bland, easy on the tummy. And uh, some cases, I'll just try a little couple uh, tablespoons of uh, canned pumpkin helps to actually firm up the poop. Um, and, and that's just kind of a, a just a generic thing that we can try to help uh, make those stools more more solid. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, her diarrhea is going to kind of make you do something, and, and hopefully, it's something. And we can help out and just make her more comfortable. And especially since she sounds like she's an old gal who's got a zest for life. I, I like that. Yeah, she was ready to play this morning. We were out. We went for a little walk this morning. And, uh, man, she was she was ready to play. And, and uh, but then, she, you know, she's got to stop and run over there. And the diarrhea hits her, I guess. Well, okay. I, I hope... I hope that works out for you, and let me know if um, you know if you get on another treatment avenue and how things turn out. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much for your call. Wow, what a full show that was! Uh, totally amazing. I want to thank Dr. Dan Riskin for really getting Dr. Debbie very excited. I've never seen her <laughs> like this before. Uh, we'll have to get him on again. Oh, definitely. He was a lot of fun. Also, I want to thank uh, Sarah Bennett from Navarro Vineyards for telling us all about the sheep, the difference between sheep and goats. I'm still a little bit confused. And, yeah, me too. I, I'll never get that don't they both go back yeah. don't forget to download the animal radio app for iphone and android it's a free download you can listen to the show as well as browse our resources and i believe it's just been updated for os 7 so if you haven't updated yet i get the new and improved version of the animal radio app have yourself a great week bye-bye bye see ya This is Animal Radio Network.